What makes you itch? What sort of a situation would you like? What, how would you really enjoy spending your life? Well, it's so amazing as a result of our kind of educational system, crowds of students say, well, we'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. Or another person says, well, I'd like to live an out-of-doors life and ride horses. Uh, let's go through with it. What do you want to do? When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Welcome to another episode of Managed State Podcast. My name is Chris. Uh, this episode is about entrepreneurship. This podcast is also about entrepreneurship as well. But we we all be part of focus more on building a business, understanding how to learn and, and work on developing new things in our lives. Um, as a, as the the host of the show, I share my thoughts and my ideas and and my experiences um, as a as a way to you know, I guess build context to this whole entire uh, podcast. If you're listening to this um, by randomly finding some place online, you know you can always find me more the latest information at Managed State by Twitter, or um, you can also search Managed State Podcasts on, uh, well, actually, um, the best place is probably to use the newsletter. Um, you can always email the newsletter at managed.statepodcasts manage.state.podcast at gmail.com. And um, today's podcast is going to be very special because we are going to be talking about celebrating self-discipline in 2021. Uh, me personally, uh, I have uh, officially, not, uh, not officially, but formally uh, uh, completed my, um, I guess, my second bachelor's at uh, Stony Brook University underneath the College of Engineering and Applied Science. Um, this, uh, my major was pretty much uh, technical system management and uh, a minor in information systems. I have like over like 150 credits and um, I was spending a lot of time, uh, I guess, trying to take care of things on my own. But uh, in 2020, uh, as I, if you remember listening to some of my other podcasts, I, you know, talk a lot about self-discipline. And I was able to, you know, focus on keeping myself disciplined through this great ordeal of having to work remotely, be by myself, um, talk to talk to students and teachers and tutors and, and other you know student um, school administration all through like a screen and um, you know being able to get to the you know to walk down the you know to to the stage for a graduation ceremony was actually um, quite satisfying. Um, I don't necessarily plan to do that. I didn't actually even plan to do that. I was actually going to just apply for ma my master's program with after finishing my um, the class I did for this semester and 
And I when, when I was ready to get my master's, I was going to go ahead and graduate. I mean, I was going to go and celebrate. But there was something about Stony Brook that I actually really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed my time at Stony Brook University. Um, and I think that that's going to be the topic for this um like the first piece is going to be about, you know, graduation, self-discipline, you know, ties at Stony Brook. And the other topic is, um, you know, the big, there's a, we have a, a mayor debate, a mayor primary here in New York City where the, uh, the mayor's seat is up for grabs because Bill de Blasio, our current mayor, um, cannot run a third term because of term limits. So there's a lot of people who are looking to run, and um, I might—I don't know—I might make a separate podcast for that, depending on how I talk about this. But I want to really talk about those things um, this week, at least. Um, oh, um, there's a disclaimer. You know, I don't necessarily have any affiliation with any of the candidates or um, or anything, anything with the school except for just being a student there. Um, I just, I just find it very, um, satisfying to, um, document my information and, and share it with people who I know and who I don't know, um, in order to better hear myself and see how I've, I've grown over time. So, um, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. All right. So, uh, with that, I'm going to take a small break and, I uh, have a, you know, a special, um, I have some natural clips now I'm, I'm trying to add to the video so to kind of give people some some time to listen to things that I'm interested in and maybe you listen to some promo plugs. So um, stay tuned. Hi, my name is Irisha and I listen to Managed State Podcast. If you're interested in working on web, whether you're a video editor, game streamer, poetry writer, or like me, voice actress, you can literally learn anything online, and you can find out how through this podcast. Managed State is a technology and society podcast, keeping you informed on the latest tech and social issues. They doing what they have to. The workforce and work world do. It steals dreams. It steals them. And the world has become so discombobulated with finances and money that people have to compromise their dreams just to survive. So when people are here in this world right now today that's making dreams happen, they are extraordinary. Because one, they made a decision that I'm not doing nothing else but this, even if I don't get paid for it. People sit back and wait time and throw their dreams in the trash and go do another man's dream and expect to feel fulfilled when they come home at night. Mm -hmm. But when you wake up and you live your truth and you work for your gift, even the days you're not paid, you're not gonna feel like you wasted your time because you're doing something that you love. And if I, want, if I was to die today, I want to die doing something I love. That's speaking. Somebody out there has put a gift down and it's time to pick it back up. That thing that made you happy, made you smile. Pick it back up. 
I promise you, all the pieces will come back together. I tell you, there's a quote I say, get back to the child that laid on your mother's lap. There was the child that dreamed, believed in the world. Sometimes the world can take you away from who you truly are. The reason. All right, so we're back. And uh, those last two clips were from Erisha, the uh, voice actress. And um, the other one is actually a clip from Tom Bailu's uh, Impact Theory, where he had a um, uh, one of the, a person that was on the show. His name was, I don't want to, I want to make sure I get it right. So we're going to go ahead and just look at the name again and then say it. One second. Yeah, William Knight Hollis. Yeah. So that was William Knight Hollis and Tom Bailu talking about, you know, building a business and, you know, reaching your dreams and not letting anything get your way. And that's what this show is about. And I like to go ahead and to follow people who are also, you know, listening to, or like, they're, they're actually in the same, I guess, solar system of what I'm looking to revolve around. And I like to also grab these clips and share them as well and give credit where there is, where it's due. So, like I said before, um, today's uh, podcast is, is about, you know, self-discipline and, you know, the whole idea about working and going to school at Sunbrook and stuff. So, um, I actually uh, started going to Sunbrook um, in, like, 2003 uh, after I got my, um, I got my, uh, my associates in uh, graphic design at Brighton College. And I, I, at that point, I knew that, you know, that the school wasn't necessarily going to give me the education I was going to need to do the things I wanted to do. And uh, Stony Brook, since high school, was always the, um, that was always the path. But um, my grades, and I wasn't really trying to, I didn't take the SATs or anything like that out of high school. I just took, went to Suffolk. And um, Suffolk had this program that if you went to school at Suffolk for two years um, and consecutively, that they will give you the opportunity to go to, um, you had to go full-time, I think, so full-time for two years, and then you'll be able to go, you'll, you'll get accepted into their um, Stony Brook University program. And um, at first, that was the dream. But after a year of going to Suffolk, I transferred to Brighton College. And the funny thing is I actually went back after that. You know, I went back to uh, Brighton to get my, my college degree, my finish my, my four-year degree. Because it was, at, at, when I first went to Stony Brook, you know, it was, it was like a, uh, it was kind of difficult to transition from the type of work that was required of me in Briarcliff College and that Suffolk Community College, and then the, the work that was required of me from um, from Stony Brook. You know, I, I took some pretty like hard classes because of the fact that I had two years already. So they were trying to like put me into those particular classes. I remember the one of the class was like some sort of like Asian history or Asian social science or something like that. And the, the, the professor um, was moving pretty fast. I wasn't really catching up with anything. 
And then I had a writing class where I, you know, I would write, I wrote things the way I could write it. And I, you know, just got a failing grade out of the class. And, um, it was pretty rough, you know, at that point, you know, I even like was struggling through like a simple college algebra program. And that was because of the fact that, um, that was because of the fact that I, I wasn't really prepared and, um, I needed a lot of work. And but I decided to just go back to Briarcliff because I knew that I, even though Briarcliff was much more expensive, that I would get my four year degree, and then my having my college degree would help me get to where I wanted to go in life, you know. And um, you know, after I went ahead and, and went back to, to to Briarcliff and graduated, um, I got I graduated relatively fast. You know, you pay the money each month, each semester, you get classes. And I was in 2005, I graduated from, from uh, Barker College with a visual communications degree. And, um, you know, my idea was that, you know, I had some experience, you know, in school working with uh, web development, like not really like the type that you see today, but uh, mostly like uh, the flash, the web design, a lot of the stuff that really wasn't, uh, the internet was moving faster than what was what was what was um, people willing to pay for back in the day? You know, um, a lot of the people who were the graphic designers were just like artists who wanted to do art in one place and end up doing art someplace else. And I, I remember uh, when I was at, uh, I remember I even went to a, um, I went to a, um, I went to go working at a comic book store in, in Smithtown, and there was a guy that was working there. He was an artist. He was a really good artist. But he was like an illustrator artist, you know. I wasn't really trying to do illustrator. I was most likely doing like design online where, you know, I would follow like uh, tips and tricks books and stuff to learn how to do some of the, the things I needed to do for web development, web design. And then, but I realized that um, even, you know, the school he was going to was very expensive. School was very difficult to find out what you wanted to go to school for and how much money you're willing to put into it, you know. You know, me, my parents having very, you know, modest lifestyle, you know, I was looking to get a job that was going to be able to help me pay the bills, you know, and my, you know, when I, I was always working, I worked as a, uh, like a, it was like a, a mental health therapy aid and like LPN, I eventually got that, um, but the, uh, the, the the working as like these nursing aides and stuff like that, you can get paid a lot because you're always working these hours, but you didn't get like the skills that you needed to do anything more than that. And um, going back to, and this is why like after me going, finishing college and then doing these little things here and there, even like working at Cablevision, I worked at Cablevision as a uh, telephone, um, like a tech support over the phone help desk. And I did that for about two years out of after college, and then I decided to you know attempt to go to to the attempted to go to do you want to go to Japan, and even then it was very difficult. You know, I wasn't able to get the the acceptance letters. You know, I applied like six or seven times over two three years, but it wasn't until I decided to go back to Stony Brook, and this was in two thousand and eight, in two thousand and seven. Uh, I started going back to to Stony Brook, Suffolk again, to, to get the credits I needed to prepare to go to Stony Brook. And then after that, I went ahead and I went to um, 
I I had some had some lot of I had some, I spent a lot of time studying Japanese. So my Japanese was was really good relative to the other students in the class. So I had I was able to get you know uh, recommendations from to go into honors classes and stuff like that for their Japanese courses and stuff. And I see that that was what what people enjoyed. It, it kind of, you know, I, I, I was able to, I started to talk, people wanted to talk to me, wanted to wonder why I was able to speak it so well. And I didn't think, relative to what people were, other people were speaking, you know. And uh, going to Stony Brook, that's where I was spending most of my time. You know, I spent my time going to a lot of the uh, the organizations. I, I started, I changed my, my program from, uh, originally was going to go to school for nursing, and I changed it to, um, the computer science, but I didn't get into computer science right away. I had I went into this this program called technical system management or technology system management, and um, technology system management was um, like a, a hybrid of like their multi multidisciplinary studies, because what it was was I what I'm what I believe it was was like that the departments all um, had courses that they that they they allow people to take. And they don't have to be a, they don't have to have, have a major in it, but you needed to have a major in something in order to get like a degree in something. So technical systems management um, was most of my classes were all in the engineering and applied science courses, um, and you spent a lot of time taking like you know ISC computer science courses, information system courses, and the technical system management courses. Learning about it's like a, a it was like a, a hybrid of social sciences, technology, and society. And this is that I think that's kind of like why I am doing this like podcast because um, I needed to make sense out of everything I was doing. And uh, the last year I was there in 2012, no, 2013, um, I was actually really aware of what was actually what's going on. You know, we were reading a lot of books. Um, Many many of the books I spoke about in the uh, Yamanote Tech and Society podcast, and um, all those books were actually were rec- were given to me at Tony Brook. But um, I ended up landing a job, you know, working for Cablevision at um, at that time, and I was actually able to go ahead and uh, work at Cablevision as a uh, programmer, working with like front end development, like Angular and stuff like that. And uh, I was pretty excited about that. And I still kept my state job. I had a state job. I was working nights the whole time while I was going to school. So I was going to school full-time, working full-time, and even having a part-time job on the side because the jobs that I was working in were like these group homes and health. You could, you have, you know, the, the hours are very flexible. So I was able to do things. Even able, I was even able to go to Japan every single year for the summer, you know, and the wintertime, you know. So, because I, I I noticed I was able to manage all of these things, you know, and you know, live on my own, and you know, I, I even you know, uh, um, realized that I wanted to go back to school for a master's, but I realized that um, that there was a lot I was trying to do, you know, like you can't go to school full time and work full time and have a part time job and try to have a social life. That's a lot, you know, to try to hold on. I mean, I managed to do it, but. Um, the, uh, you know, it was, it was more, it was more like, I didn't want to give up something and then find out later on that I made a mistake, that I made a mistake and did something 
like I gave up that I was I didn't want to give my state job because the Jane job was like, oh, it's such a great job and you can you're, you're, you're so comfortable, but it was too comfortable. There was no reason for anybody to grow. There was no reason for like managers to leave and take bigger responsibility anywhere because they could just keep the responsibility in the house. And then opportunities never really prospered anywhere. So, and because I was going to school, everybody looked at me of leaving and they all wanted my spot because after a while I was there for like seven years, seven, seven, eight years. And they, you know, they, they knew once I left that they didn't have to worry about me, you know, having more seniority than me. So, you know, it was a lot of things going on. I, I have stories for days, but I don't want to really go into that right now. But what I really want to talk about is Stony Brook. <laughs> and that Stony Brook going when I when I when I drive into that um that 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 uh, I think it's called is it, what was that old country road? I think it's old country road. Um and uh when you go down that street and, and you start hitting the the hospital and you hit the first um, entrance, the and then you hit the main entrance, and then you have like the Staller Center. Everybody's doing something amazing over there, and it's it's great to see how the world, you know, despite how it looks to me in Suffolk County, but then Stony Brook, it's like its own country, you know. Everything's totally different over there, and uh, I want to just be a part of that. And I think that's why I wanted to go back to school because I felt like I wanted to be an alumni. I wanted to be able to say, oh, you know, I'm a Stony Brook alumni, you know, and I, you know, I finished here. I, I took a lot of classes over, you know, and I had a lot of credits, a lot of, a lot of money spending to go. After I paid out a lot of it, came out of pocket near the last two years because I already had a degree. I couldn't take anything else out anymore. But uh, yeah, those are the things I was actually excited about, you know. Um, uh, it was, you know, the, why I didn't finish, you know, in 2013, it, it was a lot of other things going on. That's another pod, that's another podcast I could talk about, but I wanted, but I, I knew that I was able to come back. And when I was stuck at home and, you know, I had, you know, I, I just like, I'm not going to just sit home and do nothing, you know? So I decided just to finish these classes. And the credits I had was, I mean, I didn't have to even finish them. I could have just went and did my master's, you know, somewhere. I didn't have to do them this Stony Brook. But like, I just felt so attached to Stony Brook. I mean, I don't care what people really may say about it or the, how administration goes. I, I just... I don't know. I just really liked the atmosphere. A lot of people were doing a lot of amazing things, and all the people I met there, all the teachers and 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 um, professors and and advisors, they all really helped me. Um, I mean, realize that that was actually important. You know, it was important to actually stay in school. You know, stay working and, and improving, even if you had to take like a couple of years and, and work and, or you try to do something else, it's still good to stay in school. I always knew I would eventually go back, but I just didn't really know when, you know, and that's the real thing. You needed a pandemic to come in <laughs> and wake you up. And, you know, and it was actually great to be home and, and only have to like, you know, not, I, I didn't have to work. I wasn't working. So, I had the time to just take full credits and just just work through everything, you know. And it was funny, like you know, I never had to do I, when I was when I was going to school. Even when I was at Briarcliff, I was in work. 
I mean, I was uh, I was working at night. You know, I I would always convert my schedule from either night shift or three p.m. shift. You know, whenever I could. There were some times there were some classes that were at night, and I had to go there at night. But um, yeah, definitely agree. Definitely um, excited about that. So um, yeah, so I think that's gonna be it for that little spiel. Um, I do have some clips and links that I put on my Twitter feed about. Um, you're going to, you know, taking some pictures of me there. You can see it. Um, if you're part of the, if you're part of the, um, you know, the newsletter, you can always, you know, just email me. If you, if you want to keep yourself, you know, uh, anonymous, just keep it up anonymous. I don't really don't mind. I just want to know, make sure that, you know, you email me at manage.state.podcast at, at gmail.com. You know, what podcast you listen to and, you know, you would like me to sign up to the newsletter. I use MailChimp for the newsletter. And it's a great way to kind of express the things that was going on in my mind, you know, that the, at the time it's actually going, it's going on. And, um, you know, I, I do plan to kind of like put together a book um, to, uh, to kind of, you know, give away, you know, as a way of helping people understand, you know, why, you know, I like this technology so much, you know. Um, so with that, thanks a lot. And uh, I think we'll take another break. And when we come back, I'm gonna, uh, I'll be able to close out the show. Stay tuned. I was going to go ahead and actually make a separate podcast, but because I just remember reading the newsletter and uh, somebody just basically pointed out that I was supposed to talk about the New York primary. So I'm going to speak about it, you know, right now. So um, so apparently there are um, a few people, a few candidates that are actually running. But um, one of the candidates that I'm actually um, really paying attention to um, is uh, maybe bring up the... Uh, Candidates for New York City mayor primary and to DuckDuckGo. Okay, so currently there's a the leading candidate for um, the primary here um, has been um, in an article on Washington News. Um, uh, you know, the first person right now is Andrew Yang, and then the second is um, Eric Adams, Maya Wiley is the third. Then we have Scott Stringer. Then we have um, you have a few other people that's also running, which was I did, they didn't actually put him on here exactly, um, but uh, I did. Um, I actually have a um, some clips of these of these candidates. Uh, one of the candidates it was um, uh, Morales. Uh, what's her name? The Morales. Morales. Scott Stringer. You know, 
and um, but they're not, but, but they're they're not really they're not really as close. The ones that are actually close right now is Andrew Yang, Maya Wiley, and Scott Stringer. Ray McGuire and uh, um, I'm gonna have to just pull up my um, my uh, app. I have the uh, I, I made an actual TikTok uh, video explaining um, just having a clip of what was what they were talking about because I feel like the uh, New York next mayor will heavily influence the opportunities of of our um, businesses and jobs in, in the city. So we have here Diane Morales. I was born and raised in Bed-Stuy. I'm an educator and the single mom of two children who went to our city's public schools. I've had decades of experience managing multi-million dollar organizations, and I've led teams of hundreds of people to provide life-saving services to New Yorkers in crisis. My platform centers three pillars, dignity, care, and solidarity. Together, we can redefine safety, invest in housing for all, and finally treat all essential workers as essential. Big mission here. Catherine Garcia. Thank you. I'm Catherine Garcia. I'm running for mayor because I love this city and have a vision for creating a more livable city, a city that's affordable, where you can raise your family on a paycheck. Andrew Yang. Hello, New York City. It's great to be with you tonight. I'm running for mayor for the simplest of reasons. New York City's first new mayoral democratic new ideas debate. to address the challenges that are growing more serious around us every day. When I talk to New Yorkers on the street, you tell me that you are most concerned about three things, public safety, jobs, and fighting poverty. We deliver on these three things. We can reduce homelessness by 50% or more, get our schools open, and get our people back to work. New York City first mayoral democratic debate. For New York, especially working people. But we've been here before. In fact, some of us never left. Growing up in Eric Adams. I was a victim of police brutality, but instead of saying, woe is me, I said, why not me? I became a police police officer and fought for reform inside. Then I became a legislator and the borough president. Every step of the way, I sought to make change based on the blue collar values of my working class single mother. I'm running for mayor for the city of New York to reduce crime, grow our economy, address racial inequality, affordability, and prosperous city for all. And I will unite our city by turning our pain into purpose. This New York City first mayoral democratic city. debate, Maya Wiley. Though it shouldn't be so hard to live here. And while we recover, and we will because we always do, it's time we recover all of us because that's what we have not done in the past. And look, with a different kind of leadership, we can have a city where we can all afford the rent, a city where we can be safe in our streets and on our subways and black and brown New Yorkers can be safe from police violence. And I'm a lifelong New Yorker, born and raised in Washington Heights. I've seen this city have some real issues over the years, but I've also seen our city bounce back. But nothing this past year we could have ever imagined. We're still 600,000 jobs down and we lost 32,000 friends, neighbors, and relatives. Good evening. This is a challenge. So there you have it. I mean, like, there's that. These are just the nine that were actually on this uh, debate 
uh, the New York City's uh, Democratic debate. Now, they're all uh, Democrats. Um, I don't think there's any Republicans even running. Um, I'm just going to check out real quick just to make sure it's confirmed. Okay. So there is. But they're not really being talked about too much. Um, you have Curtis Silva, Sarah Tershwell, and Fernando Mateo. Um, you know, there's also some all more that's actually running. But um, right now, I'm actually focusing on... Um, I'm focusing a lot on the Democratic mayors, not because of the fact that I vote Democrat. I'm using, I'm actually a registered uh, um, independent when it comes down to the um, the presidential debate and presidential primaries and stuff. But um, I, 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 I tend to listen, I feel more aligned with Democrats when it comes down to um, you know, public safety and education, and when it comes down to uh, universal basic income. And Andrew Yang was carrying that for a while. And I don't want to really be biased about it because I was actually really following uh, his ideas uh, since I read his book, The War on Normal People. I even talked about that in one of my um, uh, podcasts at the Yamanote Tech Society podcast. I talked about the war on normal people. And um, I really thought that his ideas were aligned with what I believe was going on. I mean, as an engineer, you know, I, you know, studying these things in school, I really believe that this is the way the world will, will lean. And uh, people who are black and brown will probably have to spend more time getting affiliated or acclimated with jobs that won't be, you know, you know, uh, manual labor, you know, because automation will, will slowly creep up and take over, especially where people right now in New York City don't, uh, people who are not working and do not have, you know, any type of advanced education won't be able to just go ahead and get a job working someplace, you know, uh, in, you know, tech, for example. Um, there are other jobs. I'm pretty sure I'm not aware of all of them. But I do feel that learning is really going to be a key. Being able to sit down and focus on learning something totally different, not for the fact of just making extra money, but because you love doing it. And that's going to be a lot of things that's going to be with tech. And, and I think that, you know, Andrew Yang has the right idea. Maya Wiley, I, I, you know, I, I had uh, some friends uh, discuss that Maya Wiley, um, she has a very... Um, good track record about helping changing these particular ideas, especially she's trying to focus more on housing. You know, there's like a idea of getting rent relief for people or free rent or something like that, which I think is great. I think that because of the fact that um, if we can get the rent to be much cheaper, uh, then people wouldn't have to work that much. But it might, I don't know, I, I, I'm always worried about things firing back you know, at us, you know, well, you know, if it backfires, you know, where, you know, where the, you know, because rent is so cheap, people don't work at all, you know, but I, I'm hoping this, this, this UBI and this, you know, helping make, making, you know, state government a little bit bigger will help 
get people to kind of work on something that they're passionate about. And then the trigger is if they are pa- if they work on things that they're passionate about, it will drive innovation. It's a long shot because most people work, you know, these days, you know, especially, you know, people who are living, you know, below the poverty level are usually working every day because they have to, you know. So there might be, you know, I'm guessing there's going to be a dip where people are going to be lazy for a while and not do anything. And I think people need that. People need some time to just think and they need to be able to read and check out what they want to do and then see that they're not going to be able to get it done unless they work hard towards something, you know? And I'm actually, that's that, that's that's one thing about this podcast. It's about, you know, being able to show an eye, you know, my eye of what I see based on what I've read and what I've looked at. Because, you know, my eye, even though how small it may be and how little value it may have on the, as a whole, is still an, a view that no one else can see but me. And that's why I think that these podcasts are really important to have, you know, as a, as a whole. Um, so, yeah. Um, right now, I, I would say, you know, it's Yang, Wiley, and Stringer. And then, you know, uh, I, I think Eric Adams, the reason why I'm not really, I, I'm not really a big fan of Eric Adams is because of the fact that, uh, I feel that Eric Adams hasn't shown me what he would do for me personally. I feel like for, you know, people who are living below the poverty line and people who are constantly dealing with police brutality or 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 dealing with a lot of things that goes on when you're like, you know, struggling at the social economic level that he might be the face that people may want to see. But for me he doesn't. I don't really have that. I've been I don't really have those type of like problems. So for me personally, I'm I'm looking for like, you know, opportunities for small businesses to work and people to start doing like social credits, you know, where people can go out and do things for people and get, you know, social credits instead of money for that. And that helps them to get other things done, you know, and building uh, building a community, you know, and that really takes technology to get that done. And I feel that overall technology will be the driving force for our society in, in, in the years to come. Now, um, I know if you haven't lived here for a while and you're, it has, um, I, I've been able to live at home because I've been able to, you know, uh, have like food and get delivered to the house, you know, and that's great, you know, being able to have food delivered to the house and um, shopping online and getting within an hour or two. And so these like gig jobs is a great term great way of like learning and i think that if you could play if you could turn the light the world into a game you know you know knowing that you know if you go ahead and you work really hard that you're going to be rewarded somehow that's that's really helpful you know and that just takes people the learning curve for that takes some time but i definitely feel as a whole that you know it's going to be um a, a slow start, you know, we might not see growth right away. So, so I spent a lot of time using TikTok as my um, platform for sharing my social media clips and stuff. And I hope that you'll be able to follow me on there. You know, it's just universal.basic.income. I was lucky enough to get that, you know, tag on TikTok. So um, that's basically it. And uh, I think that's going to be it for tonight. Thanks a lot. Um, I will, um, will be, I, I think that to make up for the last two episodes, I'm going to actually be making two episodes this, a week 
Um, so, you know, check your, uh, your, 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 your Twitter feeds. I might even be getting a, dis a discord channel set up where I'm going to be able to have all the information all in one place. So, um, you know, looking, uh, stay tuned for that. I'll be having that link available on, um, you know, on the, on the internet soon. So thanks a lot. And I'll see you guys, uh, next time. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living. That is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. <laughs>